So as I said, today we have the moon in Capricorn. She's in exile and she's going to be on top of Pluto. That means a journey into the underworld. That means a journey into our shadow, into our subconscious. So, for example, if you start doing something and you don't even know why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? Continue doing it because it might be your subconscious actually controlling your body for a second, your thoughts, your feelings, uh, allowing you to tap in to, again, some kind of gift or some kind of power that maybe resides in your shadow and needs to be kind of pulled out of there in order for you to be able to use it. Why am I talking so much about it? Because the underworld and Pluto are ruled by uh, Mars. Uh, Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio. Scorpio is associated with his traditional ruler, Mars. And as you know, Mars is now retrograde in Gemini. Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the only deity that could go back and forth between the realm of the dead and the realm of the living. I know it's a little bit of uh, digging deep into mythology slash astrology, but that's how we do it with symbolism. So what it means is that as long as Mars is retrograding, it allows us more of a free access back and forth into our subconscious, into our unconscious, into uh, the collective unconsciousness. So everything that has to do with uh, the worlds around us that we cannot see or touch or smell or uh, feel so easily and we need access to. And again, the shadow is like that dark forest where magic exists and Pluto sitting on top of the moon at least today really helps us tap into it. And don't forget that Pluto is about to move in March at least until um, February next, sorry, from March still until June next year, Pluto is going to make a visit into Aquarius. So there's definitely a lot of movement happening right now with the Lord of the Underworld. So anything that triggers him, that kind of activates him, uh, brings about more energy. And this year and this today especially is a very interesting day because the moon is opposite to the black moon. Pluto, the Lord of the Underworld, is sitting on top of the moon. The black moon represents... Okay, what is the black moon? The black moon, just that you guys get it, you know that... Uh, the orbit of the moon around the earth is not circular, it's elliptical. So there is two centers to an ellipse, right? To an ellipse. It goes like this. If this is uh, the earth, the moon goes like this. So there's two focal points to the ellipse. To the ellipse. One of them, uh, let's say, is where the moon, is, where the earth and the moon are the shortest, uh, closest uh, distance. The other one is when the moon is furthest away. And that other focal point in that ellipse that the earth does not occupy is where the black moon is. It's almost as if it is a reflection of the light moon. It's what we call the dark side of the moon. So that uh, is associated with the mother of demons. And I know that a lot of feminists, especially when they de delve into astrology, they try to take uh, the black moon and make her the light moon, make her beautiful, tell, uh, tell us that it's only men who don't like women who project their fear and hatred towards women, project their hatred into the black moon. It's basically a vessel for men's misunderstanding of feminine energy. Not true. Uh, feminine energy has a good side, and also when it's abused, it has a bad side. Masculine has a good side, and when it's abused, it has a, a, a dark side. You know, We talked about it here quite a lot. The signs don't have a dark side. It's when you use too much or overuse it, like I said, or don't use it enough, you connect into the dark side of a sign or an archetype or a sphere in the tree of life. The same thing here. We have an actual Mars 
the planet that has to do with war, with aggression, right? It can turn really negative if it's overused or not used enough. And that could be the dark side of masculine energy, toxic masculinity. But there's also toxic femininity. And that is the black moon. So the black moon represents all of our fears. And yes, a lot of time I do look in the black moon and see uh, in the chart where I am misunderstood or where other people misunderstand me, where uh, my fears and insecurities are residing. That is the black moon. So imagine the black moon to be a terrible mother who is uh, always um, on drugs or alcohol and she refuses to let her child child go to the services, you know. So she's trying to raise him herself, but she's a terrible mother. That's the black moon. So imagine wherever you have your black moon is where you have a terrible mother guiding you in that house. So it's only one house out of the 12, so you're kind of lucky. It's not your moon in general that can control all aspects of your life because she's the real mother. We're talking here about the black moon being, I don't know, some kind of um, terrible nanny like from a horror movie that is abusive uh, to the kids even though she pretends to be very nice. That's the black moon. And the black moon is sitting opposite today to the light moon. So what we have is a conflict between the good mother and the bad mother. Uh, memories in our own life of good women that helped nurture us and bad women that actually castrated us. Or if you're a female, um, blocked you or were jealous about you. So this day today is kind of funky with the moon in Capricorn on top of of Pluto. It's two things to kind of be a little bit more heavy. Then it's opposite uh, to the black moon, bringing a lot of insecurities. So yes, today might not be the easiest. The good news about today is that we have Neptune on top of Jupiter sending a beautiful trine uh, to the moon and to Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. So in one sense, yes, the black moon is there, but the minute you close your eyes and you go into dream world or into meditation or if uh, whatever it is that you do that can help you tap into your inner core, then there is something really good happening with connection to imagination, poetry, beauty, design. Uh, So if you're looking for uh, ideas and inspiration, aha moments, it actually could happen uh, today. But overall, yeah, the moon on top of Capricorn ain't the easiest. And if we look at tomorrow, the day of Monday, things are shifting in November 28 because the moon is moving into Aquarius. And we have now the sun in uh, Sagittarius. We have Venus in Sagittarius. We have Mercury in Sagittarius. Definitely, we are in the season of Sagittarius. And the beautiful thing about Sagittarius is that it's kind of sandwiched between two signs that are very difficult to handle. In one sign of Sagittarius, we have Scorpio that is ruled by the tarot card Death. And on the other side of Sagittarius, we have Capricorn ruled by the tarot card Devil. So if you think about poor old Sag, he's kind of trapped in the worst real estate in the Zodiac year. And on top of everything, if you noticed in the Northern Hemisphere, every night that passes gets even more dark and gets even more depressive. There is less and less light. So it's interesting that Sagittarius, which is a mutable fire sign, is located in this zodiac and it's supposed to help us tap into our truth. So when do we know our truth? When we are dealing with death and letting go and we're dealing with our devil, which is insecurities and fear of survival. So the idea of Sagittarius is that it's the sign of traveling because nobody wants to be uh, you know, located in the beginning of December when the days are really um, starting to get nasty and short. And Sagittarius is the sign of optimism because it's kind of pessimistic and kind of depressing to have 
these kind of neighbors around you. But really, Sagittarius is the light bearer. That's why we celebrate uh, Christmas just after it. That's why we celebrate Hanukkah, Yule, all of these celebrations of light. We are really in need right now. So, uh, again, we have the Sun in Sagittarius, Venus in Sagittarius, Sagittarius, and Mercury in Sagittarius. Anything that has to do with Sagittarius right now can be blessed. That will include learning, studying, teaching, consulting, anything to do with physical activity. Yes, that's how you deal with depressions and SAD, seasonal affective disorder. You uh, become more active. You move the toxins. So anything to do with movement, anything to do with um, sports, physical activity, even though it's kind of uh, hard because you know in most places in the Northern Hemisphere, it's starting to get really cold. But still, the idea is to move the fire because Sagittarius is a mutable fire sign. And the more you study, the more you learn, the more you engage in your mind, the better it is to handle Sagittarius, especially to this week, Monday, Tuesday, when we have the moon moving into Aquarius, which is another sign that has to do with knowledge. So what's happening Monday, Tuesday is an interesting connection between the sun and the moon we have a sextile sextile is a mini door opening closing so you just have to kind of sneak in really fast and Sagittarius talks about prophecy the ability to understand patterns and uh, get what you need from them Aquarius is considered to be the sign of the future so we have the prophet and connected very well to the uh, future that's perfect because we have the prophet the sun in Sagittarius as the projector and the moon in Aquarius as the monitor or the screen that can actually show what is our future. So that's why Monday, Tuesday, you might get glimpses or ideas or kind of visitation in a sense or future memories about the future. So if you're dealing with intuition, if you need to understand trends for next year, if you want to uh, have a crystal ball, in a sense, to kind of veer into the future. That is definitely happening Monday and Tuesday. So pay attention to that. And that sextile between the sun and the moon is really going to be helpful because we're going to have five planets only between the two signs, Sag and Aquarius. So we have the Sun, Venus, and Mercury all in Sagittarius, and they're going to be there for the next uh, for the rest of the week. And then we have the Moon and Saturn, at least on Monday, Tuesday, in Aquarius. So that is going to be very masculine side of the week, Monday, Tuesday, because we're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six uh, planets in masculine energies. Um, so that means a lot of action, movement, doing things. And a lot of it is in air, communication, sales, marketing, words, uh, the importance of, of, of talking with each other and Sagittarius, which is all about movement, knowledge, wisdom. So definitely Monday and Tuesday, great time to open the veils, to see uh, the future, to understand wisdom, to get a lot of knowledge that can really be practical and help you. Besides that, the conjunction between... Oh, wait. Manga learned how to uh, he learned how to push the door and then he comes here and starts uh, lamenting about everything that happened to him during the night and it's going to make it impossible for us to record anything. So anyway, what I was saying is that we have quite a lot of uh, a conjunction, like I said, between Jupiter and Neptune. Again, this is going to continue, even though it's getting a little bit further apart. The conjunction was more uh, dominant two weeks ago, but still. 
it is very good that the two rulers of Pisces are in Pisces right now, very close to each other. And Neptune will eventually move into Aries, but not yet, in more in 2024. But for now, uh, yes, the Mars is retrograde. And the if you noticed, the Mars is more intense in its retrograde in the last week. We're going to go over, after I finish with all the dates, we're going to go over... What's going on with Mars retrograde in the news? Because it's kind of intense. That Mars retrograde that I told you about that is talking about war between the in between the country, within the country, because it's Mars war retrograde in Gemini. Gemini is Los Gemelos, the twins, the relatives. So we talked about that, the danger of civil war, the danger of war within countries. And we'll talk about it in a second. But uh, the reason why the Mars retrograde is more dominant, because when we shifted from Scorpio, which is the ruler of Mars, therefore it has more power to give Mars, into Sagittarius, which is the opposite sign of Gemini, where Mars is, it aggravates the Mars much more. So think about Mars before. Um, he's just doing a lot of ropes. He's uh, shadow boxing. He's kind of preparing for a fight. He's mentally trying to get prepared. Suddenly, the sun is moving into a Sagittarius, which is his opposite sign. That's when he gets into the ring, and opposite to him is the sun. So what is happening now with Mars, he's getting uh, easily aggravated. He's getting easily uh, ignited, you can say. He is in a position where he is confronted with an opposition, not only from the sun, because now the sun is in Sagittarius all the way up until uh, March, uh, sorry, until December 20, 21. But also Venus is now retrograde. Uh, sorry, Venus is opposite to Mars. Mercury is opposite to Mars. So what we have is 30% of the chart is now opposite to his to Mars, which is already retrograde. So it's already a Mars, which is a, a fighter, a warrior that is not easily, I mean, something's off with him, maybe too much coffee, maybe too much amphetamine. So he's kind of already pent up. And there you have three planets opposite to him, sending, standing in front of him like a mirror and confronting him. Venus is relationship, partnerships, people, uh, money, Mercury, communication. So somebody's sitting in front of Mars and cursing him. So, of course, he's going to get really pissed. And the sun is figures of authority. You know, so Mars is definitely feeling a little bit trapped. The only uh, thing that is happening with Mars, which is really positive, which is basically um, going to be peaking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, is the beautiful trine of Mars with Saturn. Saturn is holding space to Mars, and that's... Something that is we're very lucky. Without that Mars there, it'd have been a nightmare because Mars now is squaring Neptune, which talks a lot about deception, illusions. That's no wonder uh, everything that is happening with the FTX and uh, uh, which we talked about in the last few weeks. So that's the Mars uh, squaring Neptune, which talks about again deception, illusions, uh, forgetfulness. Oops, I didn't notice. Oh, I didn't know that he was uh, a white supremacist and a racist i just sat and had a good dinner with him because he gave me so much compliments and he really knew by heart all of my speeches i didn't know that he you know that's the kind of uh, mars uh, squaring neptune deception illusions um, addictions relapses that's the mars squaring neptune and mars opposite to venus talks about difficulties in relationship and these difficulties are going to get stronger and stronger towards the end of the week so the end of the week is definitely a time where a lot of people are going to be separated broken up uh, 
divorced, starting divorce processes, you know, whatever it is, because there's going to be a lot of scrutiny with your significant others. Again, the reason why is because Mars opposite to Venus is very, very tough. Mars and Venus represents different forces anyway, so we always want them to get along very well. But right now, Mars is 19 degrees Gemini going backward. Venus is 15 degrees Sagittarius, perfect opposition going forward. And the same thing with Mercury. So Mercury opposite to Mars, confusion, arguments, fights that are not necessary about a word I said, a word I was planning to say, a thought that may be leaked out as a word. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. There's a lot of uh, opposition to what we say. You'll see that there's going to be a feeling this week that you're almost in some form of Mercury retrograde because Mercury is opposite to the Mars who is retrograde. So the Sun opposite to Mars that is going to get stronger and stronger next week and the week after. Venus and Mercury opposite to Mars, which is peaking this week. Definitely be careful with your words, with your actions, even with your expenses. I know that tomorrow is um, Cyber Monday. Be extra careful. I'm going to tell you already of the 10 things you're going to order, probably seven you're going to have to return. So make sure that you're getting what you really need and be careful of spontaneous, impulsive, impetuous uh, spending again because of that Venus opposite to Mars and Mercury opposite to Mars. So that's what's going on. The, what I meant by Saturn being beautiful trying to Mars is that it keeps Mars stable. So even though Mars is um, maybe fighting the wrong kind of people and maybe going through a lot of drama, at least in his corner, the coach is a really good one. It's Saturn. So at least he keeps him a little bit at bay. He tries to help him out, especially because, funny enough, and that's part of the story, Saturn is not only sending a beautiful trine to Mars, which is really helpful for action, for doing things, for achieving things, for planning, for executing plans, but it's also a sextiling Venus and sextiling Mercury. So that's kind of interesting. While Venus and Mars are at war, Saturn, in a weird way, is the coach of both of them. So he goes from one corner to the, of the uh, um, ring to the other corner, uh, splashing water on Venus and Mercury and splashing water on Mars as they battle. So it's kind of giving us a way to look at the possibility that certain things that happen in the next week could be blessing in disguise. A moon in, in Aquarius, an instinct to be connected to people, communities, groups, organizations, nonprofit, governments, friendships. That's happening Monday and Tuesday. So you can see the moon is um, released from the grip of Pluto, but on Tuesday uh, she's going to be on top of Saturn. That can cause a little bit more challenges with uh, mother figures, women bosses. It can cause issues with uh, family members, especially women or family members that are older than us. You can say ancestral karma is going to be very dominant or heretical curses, what we call uh, therefore, you know, your genes might be acting out, your epigenetics might be acting out, or your, you know, attitudes toward uh, life that might be coming from your ancestral karma from your family might be triggered easily or more worked out much more. So again, I really be careful on Tuesday, Wednesday, again, because the moon is on top of Saturn. It already means that you feel very critical, very um, self uh a critical, you feel emotional, you feel very heavy, some of you guys will feel rejected. Then on top of everything, Mars is literally opposite, perfect opposition to Mercury, which means arguments that are not necessary, too much words, too much uh, saying, so to be extra careful. 
So Tuesday definitely could be a little bit of a tough day, especially because Tuesday is the day of Martes, it's the day of Mars anyway. So just pay a little bit more attention on Tuesday and uh, Wednesday. There is going to be a change in Wednesday because the moon is moving into Pisces and that shifts the energy completely from Aquarius to Pisces. Pisces more emotional, more sensitive. And again, also on Wednesday, we have the moon squaring the sun. The moon squaring sun is basically defined by I can get no satisfaction. And I try and I try and I try, but I can get no satisfaction. Whenever you have sun and moon squaring each other, there is difficulty between the sun and the moon, the father and the mother. It's almost as if they're arguing and they're already talking about custody and we're the kids listening to all of that. So definitely not the easiest. And now you can see very clearly that on Wednesday, the day of Mercury, Mercury leaves the opposition to Mars and handing it over to Venus. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be the peak of the opposition of Mars and Venus. Definitely try to be careful with your relationships, with your partnerships, not to argue too much, not to um, argue about things that are not relevant. Choose your wars wisely. In general, when Mars is retrograde, choose your battles wisely because there's not enough uh, Mars power to fight for all of your wars. And you have to be extra careful. Now, what we have also on um, uh, on Tuesday also and Wednesday, yeah, now that I check of it, Minerva is going stationary before she goes retrograde. So Minerva is an asteroid, so it's not that we are really looking too much into her, but I like paying attention to her just because she's called Pallas Athena or Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, the goddess of just war, the goddess of justice in many times. And we said she's trining in a beautiful way Jupiter, uh, which, her, which was her father and, and Jupiter's favorite daughter or son even. But favorite kid was Athena. She was actually born out of him. So there is a beautiful trine. But the fact that she's stationary just means that uh, you can actually in Tuesday and Wednesday, I would really recommend days of meditation, not only because it's crazy out there what's happening with uh, the planet, but the, because Minerva, which represents wisdom, is stationary. Remember, we talked about stationary as a time to get stuck, to get a little bit more stable, a little bit more um, focused. So that would be a great day, Tuesday and Wednesday, to meditate with the goddess of wisdom. You know how uh, in the Greek mythologies, in the, in the Odyssey, it's very, very powerful. Uh, in the Iliad, of course, that Athena disguises herself as different characters to come to the heroes to give them advice, to give them wisdom, to give them tactics. For example, the Trojan War was revealed to Odysseus by Athena. So tricks and ways to win wars and ways to win your argument, that's very much what uh, Minerva represents. So Tuesday and Wednesday, she's going to be stationary. Therefore, before she's retrograde, you can actually tap into uh, any kind of wisdom that you need to receive, that you need to get. So Tuesday and Wednesday will be days where you might get that insight because she's uh, stationary. Then she's going to get into a retrograde mode in Cancer. Retrograde Minerva just means that, again, wisdom is not going to come from a wise man or a woman outside of you or a teacher. Wisdom is going inward. Now you're going to be the Minerva, the wise person. So you're going to get your own advice from inside of you. What else is happening um, Wednesday? Yeah, the opposition, again, this whole week, we don't have to repeat it, it's between Mars to Venus and Mercury because Mars is retrograde. Everything that we're going to talk about today as an explanation of Mars retrograde 
it's going to become even stronger uh, next year, so, uh, next week. So definitely this week and next week because of this opposition. Besides that, Venus, the moon in Pisces, an instinct about uh, mysticism, intuition, imagination, poetry. So we have a pretty uh, squarey day on Wednesday because a lot of the planets are going to fall in Pisces and Sagittarius. And they are fire and water sign. They are squaring, meaning that we have a square between Mercury intelligence and communication to Neptune, which is intuition and mysticism. Oh, I got an insight. No, you didn't. It's not an insight. It's just a... Uh, a stupid thought, you know, so you're going to have like this conversation between the logic and the mystical and they're not going to get along very well. Even Venus and Neptune are squaring. Venus is the, uh, or Neptune is the higher octave of Venus. So they're clashing even there. So you, she wants to design it like this. He wants to design it like that. And we have the square of Mercury and Jupiter talking too much, writing too much, saying too much. Oh my God, I'm actually supposed to edit uh, my young adult book from 112,000 to um, uh, words to 98 or less than 100. Oh my God, that's going to be tough days to do that. So what you're trying to do is cut, 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 especially words, communication, you know, no need to talk so much. So no need to do so much, no need to talk too much. That can be related to the wisdom of the goddess uh, Athena when she's stationary and telling us to wait and to hold on. As we move into December first, uh, and we're gonna be in um, on Thursday. So on Thursday, what's happening is that the the opposition of Venus and Mercury is the strongest, but it's starting to get away. It's getting um, it's up, it's departing from that specific opposition, which is great. So Friday, Saturday will be much easier in the sense of relationship. The only problem is that the sun is moving closer and closer as we uh, go deeper into the month to be in opposition with Mars. Uh, besides that, the moon and Venus are squaring on uh, Thursday. Mercury and the moon is squaring that day. There's a lot of squares. Squares represents action that we have to take that we really don't want to take, or action we don't want to take, don't take, even though we really want to take it. So basically, a square represents uh, conflicts, conflicts that usually are coming from inside of us, but we'll find models or roles or people to hold that. Uh, reason why we're we're at war with ourselves so sometimes i can have at war with me but instead of declaring it at war with me i might put it on another person and have a fight with another person even though it's really not the other person's fault it's me having conflict with myself so again on thursday just to be a little bit more uh, aware of that it's it's illusions about relationship uh, you have to be a little bit careful of dependency and codependency not to put people on a pedestal and then realize that they're not really what you thought uh, come words that you regret saying, especially all of this is happening with Mars is retrograde, even getting it stronger. Again, the other thing that's happening is that Mars and Saturn that were creating such a beautiful trine, because Mars is retrograde and Saturn is going forward, they're actually breaking away from their uh, trine. So the only thing that was holding us together, in a sense, it's kind of breaking apart. So you can see that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yes, the oppositions are done, but also the support that we have from Saturn is also done. But the good thing about um, Thursday and Friday, when the moon is going to be in Pisces on top of Neptune, on top of Jupiter, a lot of insights, a lot of intuition, great for movement, for yoga, for spending time by water. That's also happening on December 2nd, which is a Friday. But what's happening on that day, we also have the moon moving into Aries. And the moon in Aries, which is going to cover the weekend, 
uh, is going to be pretty intense because moon in Aries means an instinct to be a little bit more aggressive or to a little bit more of a leader, initiator. With the fact that the Sun, Venus, and Mercury are also in Sagittarius, which is fire, we're going to have 40% of the chart on the weekend in fire. Things are going to burn down. And Mars uh, is, of course, associated with that. But Mars in a Gemini and the fact that we have the moon in Aries is actually helpful. So that's going to channel the energy of aggression or the energy of, of energy much better. The only thing on Friday, Saturday, the moon is going to be on top of here on the wounded healer. Might be some old wounds surfacing and emotionally you might be a little bit more off. But things to do with real estate, home, family could be very good for you on Friday. And then on Saturday, we have the moon still in uh, Aries, uh, basically sending a beautiful, perfect sextile to Mars. So that can help. You know, Saturn is moving away from helping us with Mars, but the moon moves in at least for one day. So in Saturday, she's going to help us deal with the energies of Mars. But still, you'll see that the conjunction between the sun, sorry, the opposition between the sun and Mercury is getting stronger and stronger. The square between Venus, Mercury, and Jupiter is getting stronger. So there's definitely a lot of energies that are a little bit more challenging. But on Saturday, the sun and the moon are sending beautiful energy to each other, which is the energy of, yes, we can get satisfaction, unlike in the beginning of the week. So overall, not a very easy week, to be honest, with a lot of oppositions and a lot of uh, squares. So just take your time, try to be as much as you can uh, centered, especially in the days we said that are perfect for meditations, uh, perfect for getting wisdom, which is Tuesday and Wednesday. So let's see um, if there are anything that or anything that I can um, share with you. Let's see. What do we have today? Or, or yeah, what I wanted to basically talk about is a little bit of the uh, situation around the world and how they might be related to this Mars retrograde. Because this Mars retrograde is definitely an intense Mars. And remember, because it's in Gemini, it's associated with mind, with words, which what we say, how we communicate. Uh, it has to do a lot also with uh, aggression, especially Gemini said Gemini is siblings, maybe aggression between the people, even if they live in the same country. So Evie, my friend Evie Orologa sent me actually a very interesting article. She sent me that during Scorpio, but I forgot to share it with you guys. It's interesting. She found a, an interesting party that Grace Kelly threw uh, in 1969. I wasn't invited. I was only, what, six month years? Uh, yeah, a year old, a year and a half. So I was a year and a half. I couldn't make it there. Besides, I'm not a Scorpio. So what she did is she invited only Scorpio to her 40th uh, birthday. Now we're talking about Grace Kelly. That was a movie star and then princess, of course. And she called it the Scorpio Balls. And because she was a Scorpio, and she she did it in Monaco, in Monte Carlo, Monaco. And um, uh, only Scorpio people were invited and their partners. And that's why we see uh, Elizabeth Taylor there with her Scorpio coat, because she was married to Richard Burton, who was a Scorpio. She's not a Scorpio. So it was kind of a great idea. I didn't know about that. So thanks for sending me interesting things. And if you have interesting things that you read, definitely send it over. Uh, I might put it. If you don't want me to mention your name, of course, you can just say, just don't mention my name, but this is a great article. It's always good to get information from you guys, but it's a beautiful idea. So if you're not even, if you don't have to be a princess and you don't have to turn 40, 
Uh, your next birthday could be whatever your sign is, and you're allowed to invite, and people are allowed to invite, and you only can bring somebody. You can make it more wide so people can be more uh, interested and more also maybe looking into their own chart. So instead of doing a Scorpio uh, party, you can do a sun in Scorpio, you can do a Scorpio party. So anybody who has more than three planets in Scorpio, a moon in Scorpio, or Scorpio rising is invited and their partners. You know, that depends on your venue. If you have a big venue, you can do that. If you have a smaller venue, just say Scorpio Sun or that's it and their partner. So that's a great idea because then you have a whole party that is colored in a certain way. So you can have the theme of that uh, sign, but you can also um, see around and, and feel what does it mean to have a Sagittarius party if you're celebrating it now. Or you know, what happened when you put all these areas inside one room or one location, one venue? Uh, how does it feel different than if you do a party that has to do with Leo? So definitely experiment with it. And as an Aries, I might come to your Aries party if I'm in town. But that's a great idea. And a seven year each. We talked here so many times about seven year each. It happens every seven years. It relates to the Saturn to the square of a Saturn path passage around the sun. The sun the Saturn takes about 28, 29, 29 and a half years to go around the sun. You divide it into four, you get seven point something. So that's the origin of the seven year each that we also find in the Bible. Remember, Jacob worked seven years for Leah, seven years for Rachel, then seven years for uh, I don't know. Uh, his uh, dowry or something. But anyway, it's 21 years that he spent over at Levan. The idea is that every seven years, you're kind of re-examining things. And Trump is actually going through a seven-year each. If you think about his uh, presidency that started in 2016, next year will be his seven-year each. Or if you think about 2015, when he started his journey, into politics, well, he's going through his seven-year itch right now. And that's very much, I think, part of the Trump, uh, Trump dump Trump um, process that's happening, even in the Republican uh, um, Party. And, you know, I thought about instead of having the MAGA or MEGA movement, which is, for those of you who don't follow uh, um, idiots and so forth, it's uh, Make America Great Again. I think we should change it with MANA. I think I'm going to start making T-shirts or shirts or hats like that. Uh, MANA will stand for Make America Normal Again. And, you know, MANA in actually in Hawaiian is called Magical Powers. And in Hebrew, manna is the heavenly manna. Remember that the Hebrews could not eat anything in the desert because not a lot of things grow in the desert. And divinely supplied uh, spiritual food came f coming down from uh, the sky. So I definitely think that manna is great. So think about how a bad week, um, uh, what's his name, Trump had this year, uh, this week. Don't forget also that he's a Mars, he's, he's a Gemini, born on the eclipse the lunar eclipse in Gemini, and Mars is now retrograde in Gemini. So, of course, Geminis, especially those born with the full moon in Gemini or definitely a lunar eclipse in Gemini, are experiencing it much more. What is they're experiencing? A quickening of processes. So, in his case, his tax returns that he was fighting since 2015, again, a, a, a seven-year each, from 2015, he's been telling us that he's not going to show us his um, tax returns after he said he will, of course, show the customer. But, you know, that's that's the lies that he always lied. And Mars, funny enough, is the ruler of taxes. It's the ruler of insurance. Um, 
everything that has to do with other people's money. So taxes are basically money that you have that belongs to other people, meaning the government or meaning the citizens. So it's interesting that during Mars retrograde, after seven years of battle, uh, the Supreme Court officially said, no, you have to show it. Then he met uh, this week with a white supremacist and anti-Semitic, like a very branded one, Nick Fuentes, I think he's called. He's like an idiot, 24 years old, who decided that he needs to be famous by saying bad things uh, because in the past it would be shunned by today. After the Trump revolution, it's considered to be actually pretty cool among many uh, segments of society here in the United States, unfortunately. So... Uh, it's kind of interesting, the whole uh, debacle, because he met him on Thanksgiving. I mean, come on, who meets somebody like that in Thanksgiving? Uh, he brought, um, a, what's his name, Kenya with him. So apparently they had this, uh, um, the deplorable, deplor- how would Clinton call it? The deplorable um, uh, Thanksgiving. We had uh, the liar-in-chief. Then we had uh, the Kenya, which I don't know, I've been able to define him. And then you had this um, uh, rising idiot, Nick uh, Fuentes. And it's kind of funny, I was thinking about it, probably Nick Fuentes, uh, who's a, he's a, he's a racist, and he came with his friend Kenya, who happens to be black, and he probably says, Yo, no, no, I'm not a racist, I'm not because some of my best friends are actually uh, uh, black. Look, Kenya is my friend. And uh, basically, Trump probably did the same thing. Anyway, Trump said he didn't know really who he was. I mean, for sure, you're celebrating uh, Thanksgiving with uh, somebody who you don't know who you are. Like, yeah, for sure. But anyway, even if he didn't know who he was, at the end of the meeting, he was saying that this guy he really liked because he remembered his speeches. Like I said, he uh, uh, really thought he was a great president. So, you know, that's how you get along with people like Trump, with bullies. The minute you either ignore them or exalt them, that's when you get um, uh, the best way to deal with them. But it's kind of interesting because he said that uh, the conversation was authentic and he said it on Truth um, uh, Media, which, you know, it's kind of uh, ironic. But um, it's, it's, it's just interesting for me to see how or what happened in the United States in the last seven years, which happened to be the seven years that we have Trump. But hopefully this nightmare can go away. Maybe Mars Retrograde can just return him to the place he was. Another interesting thing that was going on is in Qatar. You know, I don't have to go over it. You probably read it many li- many times. You know, the bakshish, the, the bribery that FIFA had, the people that decided that it would be in Qatar and Russia, that most of them out of the 22, I think 15, were kicked out. Uh, from from corruption. I mean, FIFA is a definitely corrupt place, and they found a corrupt country to do the uh, to do their bidding. So, as you know, with the beer situation, uh, the royals said that it's no problem. Two days after, suddenly it became a problem. Uh, then there was not they were not allowed to wear armbar uh, armband uh, that um, uh, were for the One Love movement because Qatar. You know, you know that in Qatar, if you're caught with another man or if you're a woman caught with another woman, it's three years in jail. Basically, it's a felony. If that's the case, don't do the, uh, don't do it there. Not only it's the wrong season. Not only uh, they have nothing to do with uh, soccer whatsoever. Uh, they have no connection to it. You know, it's just like because they have money in the middle of nowhere. So it was a whole big thing, and it was really interesting to see how that monarchy functions. So in one sense, you're not allowed to say anything about. Um, 
gay and lesbians. For example, if uh, some people came even wearing a, a, a rainbow shirt, they were actually asked to get out of the stadium as if it is a statement that they are uh, putting on. So you're not allowed to have any rainbows or tricolor flags bearing the words free. But in the other sense, what happened is that uh, you had uh, Palestinian flags Um, showing off and there was no problems or people could wear bands with uh, Palestinian flags because Qatar is supporting Iran is supporting Hamas uh, it's kind of really uh, mind-boggling to think about what's going on there but again for me Mars retrograde Mars retrograde means yeah yeah you can drink alcohol two days before no actually you can't drink alcohol uh, it's a crime here Mars again the police so lies lies from the royal family lies from Qatar as a city uh, as a country Uh, then you have the lies of FIFA. Uh, suddenly they told, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, seven countries, the Germans, Switzerland, uh, Finland, I think, Denmark, uh, UK, uh, Wales. There was a whole list of seven countries. It's kind of interesting because we're heading towards a seven year. Uh, and also we're talking about how seven is a holy number. So you had seven, seven holy countries that were saying, no, we want to actually wear these bands. And suddenly FIFA told them no. So the German... Um, a team you can see here in the picture we're taking pictures of them being not allowed to talk which is something very typical in countries like Qatar you're not allowed to talk unless you talk what the government wants to tell you so the idea is that again Mars retrograde Mars going inward Gemini is all about communication Mars is the fighters the warriors I mean definitely the soccer players are ruled by Mars Gemini Gemini has to do with communication making my speech my freedom and not only they were protesting about the gay and lesbian um, human right record or the lack of it that exists in Qatar but also all the thousands of people that died uh, in terrible treatment in Qatar trying to make these Uh, soccer stadiums that of course after that are going to be abandoned you know they're going to be ghost towns but it's interesting that when Iranian uh, or Palestinians were supporting were, were showing their flags uh, in support of their government there was no problem but they started censoring the Iranian when they refused to sing uh, their hymn so it's really sad I This this uh, this this is a really sad episode, uh, definitely. In uh, definitely, in I, I was just reading today an article because everybody was saying, "Oh, the peace accord, Abraham Accord, it's so good that Qatar is so good with Israel, and it just shows that you don't have to deal with the Palestinian problems." No, no, no. You definitely have to deal with the Palestinian problem. We talked about it next year. Palestine is going through its Saturn return right when Israel chose its worst and most right-wing government possible. I can assure you, next year there's going to be big trouble coming from Middle East but the whole idea is that you have to find a way to connect people oneness is very very important but you can't do it in a place that is very single-minded towards oppression or towards um being backward in a sense you know they want to keep their own rules they want to segregate men and women they want to be um basically living under sharia law that's fine so don't host a game that has to do with a lot of people that even one of the most soccer most famous soccer player is is openly gay so the idea is that everybody in israel was saying wow it's unbelievable we don't have to deal with the palestinians in order to get like our abraham accord 
But then there was a whole article today about how Israelis and Israeli media especially are treated so badly in Qatar by the government, by the people, by the um, uh, audience there, that they were shocked. I thought we were going to be welcomed very... Of course, you're not going to be welcomed. A, they're not a very welcoming uh, uh, people in general, obviously. All the uh, uh, people that came there to work, most of them died. But and now they're uh, welcoming. But uh, just as long as you're not gay, as long as you're not lesbian, as long as you're not saying anything against Iran, and as long as you're not saying anything against the king, you know, and so and forth. So definitely, it was an eye waking. I mean, that's one of the things about Mars retrograde. It allows you to see the truth about what's going on around you. Yeah, and also the Mars retrograde. Remember, we talked about here as uh, one of the prediction for the midterm election was that whatever you think is going to happen is not going to happen because it's happening during Mars retrograde. So the same thing is happening, I think, in the games there. You see that uh, in the game of Argentina and Saudi Arabia, Morocco and um, uh, sorry, Germany and Japan, Morocco and Belgium. So you see a lot of these underdogs suddenly. Winning or succeeding, again, that's definitely part of that Mars retrograde. The other thing that's pretty big that's happening with Mars retrograde is uh, what's going on in China. You know, we are used to what's going on in Iran, which the bravery of the young men and sorry, young women and, and girls, as well as boys and young men in Iran. You start seeing what's happening in China. In China, in the last week, week and a half, because of the crazy lockdowns of the zero COVID policy, there is demonstration in Beijing, in, Shang in Shanghai. It's the first time ever in China, after he just made such a big deal of himself, where people are chanting in the streets of Shanghai, step down Xi Jinping, step down Communist Party. I mean, this is unheard of. And this is just a little bit of a... Um, uh, I think it's some kind of a precursor of what's going to happen when Pluto is moving into Aquarius. So like I told you in the book of 2023, it's going to be the movement of the people. So definitely there's going to be a lot of revolution, a lot of transition, a lot of changes. You know, I mean, there are places in China that 4 million residents have been in lockdown for 100 days. Think about it. It's one third of a year that 44 million, 4 million is a, is a country, you know, living in um, lockdown. So I can totally understand. And then there was a big deadly fire in an apartment that killed 10 people because it was under lockdown and they couldn't come out. So that's definitely, if they're not going to release some tension there and if they're going to be too strong, it's going to be by Pluto touching um, um, Aquarius in March, it's going to be a craziness. Um, let's see. So I want to see if there are any questions, um, on the, on Instagram, if you guys have, and where are we? Let's see if there is any questions. How do we find where our black moon I'm not sure if, uh, I mean, Black Moon is a little bit harder to find in most programs. They don't have it. But if you just Google Black Moon calculator, you're going to have it. My son's birthday is Monday. That's great. I mean, you know, birthdays is a solar return. It's basically the sun returning back to the place it was. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, if there's energies or so-so, maybe he's going to be a little bit upset here, a little bit upset there, but it's nothing. It's more important what age he is than anything else. Um, 
mid seeing new moon in Sagittarius can I still draw yeah if you you can start doing the work for the new moon Sagittarius even after the new moon in Sagittarius because now the moon is growing it's adding energy so um, what day should be focused on cutting words Wednesday yeah I think that Wednesday Tuesday would be good uh, the, is today yeah today is a good day for relationship because after that it gets a little bit um, uh, tougher so definitely today is actually good. If you need to finish something today, do it today. Uh, if the person has a sign, if he has to sign a contract a week, start a house renovation, you know, I would do it today, maybe tomorrow. I mean, it's not the best time for um, renovations right now. What a week to be in a vacation. Yeah, it's actually not too bad to be in a vacation because... Um, uh, that is uh, uh, the best time to deal with things. You have more space. You have more energy. Let's see. Somebody talked about... Um, uh, yeah, where is that? Mana is a sacred spiritual energy, very positive, direct from divinity. There are Hawaiian magical powers that cannot be called mana because it can be harmful, mana is only positive. No, no, I mean, I think that um, when we get a little bit too much between cultures, I mean, mana in Hebrew means a dish, basically. Uh, if you ask uh, for a hummus dish, you will ask for manat hummus. So mana is is, 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 a, is a dish. The dish could be really good, the dish could be really bad. Uh, hopefully, if God is the chef, it's uh, pretty good, you know. But in Hawaiian, I don't know enough about Hawaiian. I can't compare it. Um, but I think that like anything, it can be good, could be bad, good, bad. Um, let's see. Yeah, and somebody said also that part of the Mars retrograde is the U.S. draw with England. And... Yeah, about the Hawaiian mana, I don't know much. So you probably know better. Um, I just read about mana and I found that it's also something in Hawaiian. So I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. So anyway, I hope you have an amazing week. Uh, let's not call it amazing. Let's call it bearable week or a week full of uh, surprises from your shadows, um, even though we're after Halloween. But again, because we are in Sagittarius, things are actually working well. Um, in that sense we have that sense of optimism so things can go our way well thanks a lot uh, next sunday at 5 p.m if you are in hollywood or in your in your los angeles southern california i'm going to do that uh, 2023 book signing and lecture next sunday at 5 p.m you can uh, go to my website and uh, sign in we have a few spots left and if you are in europe i guess i'll see you soon i'll freeze with you soon Thanks a lot and have a great week.